Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Sudipi. And I'm Sahita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and a little bit worn out from the world. Join us on our journeys of tackling our health, self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast. We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome to The Silent Lotus. So, Suvita, what's been the highlight of your week so far? So, I think we've definitely talked about this quite a bit, but Hamilton obviously came out last week on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never really listened to the soundtrack before and obviously never seen it live because that's expensive. But when I tell you that this movie changed my life, that's an understatement. (laughs) Like, I have been listening to Wait For It from the soundtrack nonstop, like just on repeat throughout the day in the shower when I run because I can't get the lyrics out of my head. And I was just so starstruck and in awe by these people and their talent and the performance. Um, (laughs) I know you relate to this, so I know you don't think I'm a crazy person. Um, But so for any of our listeners who haven't watched it yet, I strongly recommend that you do like as soon as possible get that disney plus subscription it'll change your life (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad you've joined us now in the hamilton like i get it now i feel like a theater nerd but i feel like it's normal and i think it's like a rite of passage to watch hamilton that's awesome i'm happy for you what was the highlight of your week Ooh, i feel like okay my first i have two quick ones my first one is coming up kind of in part um it is my birthday on sunday i'm turning 21 in the queue and i treated myself to some birthday presents which i always do i strongly believe in it i can if people are interested i can like put it in the show notes what i got for myself it was like two or three little things that i'd been wanting um my second highlight which is i think maybe more applicable to our listeners is um i've been feeling very burnt out this week by life work the extreme repetitive nature of quarantine and you know trying to be a functional person in quarantine so I after a couple of weeks of feeling this way and really kind of came to a head this week I was talking to my mom who just is like the best person and gives me the best advice um we went out for a walk and we were trying to unpack this and something that she recommended at the end of our discussion was like well why don't you just try and consume some like lighter content and by that she meant like books and tv shows and even like the podcasts I listen to everything can feel kind of heavy and she's like why don't you just like lighten it up maybe that'll help your mood and I was like oh really like that sounds kind of like I don't even want to blah blah like whatever pushed back and um by like randomly I a friend sent me something which led me kind of back into this like Bollywood spiral which I fall into every now and then I'm not like a consistent Bollywood music listener but every now and then I will um and I just like rediscovered one of my favorite movie soundtracks um from a very popular Bollywood movie which our South Asian listeners may have heard of called Ye Javani He Divani they have it's like a cute movie but in like an incredible soundtrack and it's just like boppy bangers basically and I was just listening to that all day today and that like really actually um it felt like my mood was just like lightened for the first time after a couple of days so that was huge for me Um, that's such a good point a lot of the podcasts you listen to are definitely on the more serious note so I'm happy you switched it up a bit yeah it's a lot of news 
it's all kind of entangled with you know current events and the current events 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 are looking pretty grim these days so I needed that it was yeah if you know and I also had like a little dance party in my room that sounds so corny but if you have Wait, an no, old that's album adorable. like that yeah if you have listeners if you have an old album like that that you just love um and you've kind of tucked away for a couple of years or months pull it out you'll remember how much you love it and you can just like dance around and sing around in your room to it and it makes you feel so much better um yeah that's definitely been a big I love kind that. of turning point of the week yeah um Alrighty. Well, on the note of maybe struggling a little bit, I'm going to read our first question from our listener. So they asked us, um, uh, well, this listener sent in a question about how he's struggling with getting sleep and he's not sure how to get better rest. And he was just generally looking for some advice. So Suita, do you have any sleep advice? Yes, I am very aggressive about my sleep hygiene because I'm the kind of person that is just perpetually exhausted. I could get four hours of sleep, seven hours of sleep, or 12 hours of sleep and still just be dead tired. Mm. Um, I will never understand why this is the case. There are some days where I wake up feeling refreshed, but it's very rare. Um, I'm also the kind of person that can literally fall asleep anywhere. For example, I once fell asleep on my nasty living room floor in college, for absolutely no no. reason um yeah that's it just happened mm -hmm. like so you know how disgusting my house at school is yeah it's pretty it was not ideal I woke up in the morning and I was disgusted with myself but it happens (laughs) um but so this is super random but a few months ago like during our spring break so right before corona really hit I decided to shadow a neurologist near me for a few days because I was curious. I minor in neuroscience and I was curious. Um, And this man, yeah. yeah. So a lot of his patients were elderly and struggling with sleep. Um, And he was going on and on about how like cell phones and TV are ruining our lives because they're completely disrupting sleep hygiene. So I don't, I really doubt that I'm the only person that does this because this neurologist was literally complaining about it. But so as a backstory, I very recently got blue light glasses because they're supposed mm. to like block the harmful light from your screen so that you can fall asleep better and generally have less eye strain and less headaches. But the problem yeah. is that so I wear those blue light glasses over my contact lenses. But when I'm in bed and I'm on my phone for that hour of just wasting time before I go to sleep, I don't wear those blue light glasses. So it's a complete waste. I have um, a question, though. Can I interject yeah. with a question? Okay. On your phone, do you have that setting, like a night mode setting? Because I know you don't have an iPhone, but iPhones have like a, like a, what's it called? Yeah, I think it's just called like night mode or sleep mode or whatever, where you set oh, the hours of the day. Does that, that you like want. change it, the lighting? Yeah. I, I, like I notice a visible difference. It goes from being very blue to very what? yellow. I, maybe your phone has Wait, that's that. so cool. Okay, you know what? I'll look that up and see if Samsungs have that. That's kind of wild. Yeah. But I think really regardless, helpful. though, the problem is that like, you spend so long just staring at something that your mind is activated, whether it's like social media or texting or whatever it is. So that might be one thing that is causing you guys sleep struggles. Another thing Mm -hmm. that my mother tells me every time I complain (laughs) about being tired is this lack of a regular sleep schedule. So from what I've read, because I tend not to believe my mom when she says things, is um, (laughs) that... (laughs) 
Um, it doesn't really matter like when you go to sleep and when you wake up as long as it's consistent. So there's nothing wrong with going to bed at 2 a.m. every day if you do that every single day and you wake up around the same time every single day. That exhaustion and the struggling with sleep just comes from an irregular schedule. So to okay. our listener, do you have an irregular schedule? Are you on your phone too much at night? Are you eating? Are you staying active? Are you staying hydrated? These are all definitely factors to consider. So many um, questions. It's important. Sleep hygiene matters. And I know of like, matters, Sadie, the, yes. I, I remember you telling me once, like, you're a very, very light sleeper. So you have a lot of conditions yes. that you need, right? Yes, I am. I like I completely agree with everything that you're saying, especially the consistency thing. Like I am a early to bed, early to rise kind of a person. And I have conditioned myself to be this way because I have also conditioned myself to be an early morning exerciser. So I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is difficult, but it it's ma- not it for started- everyone. It's not for everyone, but for me, somebody who is a very light sleeper, I started making this transition. This is kind of going a little bit off topic, but I started making this transition in the springtime when the sun starts rising earlier. So I could start waking up naturally with the light, but I don't want to obviously be, um, I don't know, interrupt my, have my sleep be interrupted by the light all the time. So I (laughs) regulate, I like tightly regulate noise, light, and heat when I sleep. So I need one complete silence like the people who sleep with like white noise and whatever I can't do that like that that it kind of weirds me out but no no shame to anyone who likes white noise it's just not my thing um second point uh heat um is that I need it to be cool enough air conditioning wise I will also have in the summertime a fan blowing on me so that I can sleep comfortably and under like a light but somewhat puffy duvet um and like snuggle under it but still not feel hot I hate feeling hot when I sleep and and the last thing is light absolutely no light allowed that will completely prevent me from sleeping so um if it's not like what do you do when you travel um I mask um when I travel I can the noise thing I can kind of you know fidget with so I'll put on some like kind of calming music that's like not doesn't even have lyrics or even if it sometimes if it does have lyrics if I'm tired enough but it's like pretty gentle music I'll fall asleep with headphones in um I have like big noise canceling headphones um and I use those like if I'm on an airplane or something and then the temperature thing yeah oof that's like a pet peeve but I would say, listener, like, think about really what makes you feel most comfortable when you sleep. Um, And don't be afraid to be picky. I think my parents are like, why is she fussing about the AC? Why is she fussing about the fan? Like, my poor mother has, over the past couple of days, (laughs) we've just been evaluating and reevaluating this whole sleep thing because it's been an issue. Um, And just don't be afraid to be picky. You need good rest. How else are you going to function? But also... If you're not, if the reason isn't because of those picky issues, look at your daily habits. Are you stressed? Yeah. Are you stressed about something? Are you eating? Are you hydrated? Think yes. about all the different factors that could be leading towards that and see what you can do to get you some better rest. And I wish you luck. Wonderful. Yeah. Alrighty. Head over to the next question. Sounds great. Do you want to read it? Sure. So this is okay. from a friend of ours, actually. Um, which makes it kind of funny to me. Um, but (laughs) should I read this word for word or should I paraphrase? What do you think? No, read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. Okay. She writes, 
Hello, my lovely ladies, exclamation point. I would like to inquire about how you get over the anxiety surrounding dates when you're worried that the person won't be extremely attracted to you or fall head over heels with you, even though you don't even know if you'll be into them. Hee <laughs> hee. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not trying to make fun of you. We, no, we love this friend. We it's just funny the way question. that it was written. We love this person um, who wrote this question and we love the question. Yes. Um, but I think just based off of our backgrounds, I think, Siddhithi, you should just head this one off. I feel like you'll have a lot of really interesting things to say. Based off our backgrounds. Um, yeah, I have many a thing to say about about dates and about first dates. Um, okay, for context, as someone who has been on... Okay, back, back I'm trying story. really hard not to laugh too much. Siddhithi, come on. Work with me here. As I, as I think many people will relate um, to, I feel like when I was like a teenager, like tween, late teen, whatever, like when you're absorbing all those like romantic comedies and you're like, wow, this is what love is like. I feel like there was always this thing about like, if you go on this, you know, the the perfect first date where you hang out, you do one thing and then you only intended to do one thing for two hours and then it turns into three hours and four hours and before you know it, 12 hours have elapsed and you've been on this magical long first date and then like cut and then the people are in love. Like, I feel like that's all the messaging I always got about first dates from like popular culture. Um, And so then I always like as I was like getting into, I guess, like dating, not that I would actively describe myself as somebody who is dating. um, I used to think like, oh, well, if this, you know, if this date itself is really great and if it like lasts a really long time and we end up enjoying each other's company, then that must be a good date and then things will work out. Um, That is absolutely not the case as you might have guessed (laughs) that is really not how it goes um and I have I have not once unfortunately not once found that to be true that if you go on a long magical date in which you know one event leads into another that it's going to be amazing and this what I kind of have gathered from all of this is that like think listener you should put less emphasis on the date itself a date like you can go on really fun dates but that doesn't mean that you'll like emotionally connect with a person I think like it seems like there's there's like an inclination to put a lot of pressure on the date itself as it's a very like curated experience you can plan it you plan out your outfit you know you get all these opinions and there's all this like build up to it and then when you're there it's um kind of stressful you're worried about how you're conducting yourself you want to make sure you know you sound chill but not too chill and funny but not annoying and you're just like hyper scrutinizing all of these things but in reality the date the date in air quotes I mean like this construct of a date I think is a pretty curated experience especially the first date and it's not really a good uh, marker of how well you connect with a person I think it's how you connect outside of those curated experience that really matters and that will allow you to see do I you know do I like this person do this does this person like me and then that will allow you to better judge um you know if you want to move forward and I think this kind of a mindset will alleviate some of the pressure so my my two cents is like the date matters because you know you need to go on a date in the first place but it doesn't really matter as much as you think you do. And I think it matters more how you connect in more casual settings when you're just texting or when you spontaneously make plans afterwards or, you know, whatever it may be. 
And um, I think hopefully that kind of an attitude will maybe alleviate some of the pressure. I'm not sure so how you, what you think about I'm, that. Sita. So you said something earlier about how like having a really, really good date doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that you're going to connect with that person, which I 100% agree with because first impressions are not always the real understanding of who the person is. But would yeah. you say that that goes the other way as in having mm-hmm. a very bland and mild date shouldn't be enough reason to just kind of ghost someone mm-hmm. or cut them off? Like what's your take on a really bad first date because also going back to the whole thing about rom-coms I also am an avid rom-com fan my (laughs) hopes of love have also been completely destroyed by rom-coms um and sometimes I can't think of a specific movie but you see really really horrible dates end up turning into really cute things um Mm. or two people who hate each other at first suddenly falling in love which I don't know how accurate that is but I'm curious what your take is on a really bad for really really bad first date Hmm. and what that That's might interesting. mean I mean I think in rom-coms it gets a little bit dicey there's this whole idea of like the chase or whatever and it seems like oh it's, my God. it's very it's also very heteronormative that's something I want to outline also like, true uh this idea like the guy chases the girl and then eventually she comes around and whatever and there's so many things that I find like to be in like micro problematic about all of those tropes but I think in my own personal experience going on bad first dates, I think maybe this is unfair. Maybe you'll find this unfair because of how I'm talking about, you know, based on what I just said. I feel like if a date goes really badly and we really can't even muster up the stuff, like we can't even pretend and like Mm -hmm. we're like trying to act like we are connecting well. um, I think that's kind of like a like just kind of like a red flag to me, like. I don't know a date is kind of like like I was explaining earlier like a measure of like you put in a lot of effort into this kind of a thing if you either you are putting an effort and it isn't working or one party or the other isn't putting in any effort I feel like there's not it you don't and I personally would not take the time after to flesh it out and see well why did this happen I think if I didn't know the person it there's this question has a lot of like you know what if this and what if that if I if I didn't know the person, if we had like you know randomly met and we went on a bad first date, I would probably res- in a nice way call it. If I did know the person and if there was you know I don't know history or whatever, maybe I like knew them in some capacity, and it was just like an anomaly of an experience, maybe I would. I don't know, but I think that if you have a good first date, that also doesn't necessarily mean that you know one person's going to fall in love with the other and it's going to be happily ever after. But yeah, I, am I think it's also, um, I think it's also important to realize, like I think really similar to what Sadithi said is it's not all just about that first date. And just as much as you're going in there trying to see whether or not this person is someone you want to spend your time with, they're also essentially assessing whether or not they want to spend time with you. Yeah. So this li- listener is really just asking like, how do you get around that worry of whether or not this person's going to like you? Focus instead on whether or not you like them. Yeah. Because that's that that's in your hands. Yeah. You can't control what they think of you, but you can control what you think of them. So try to focus yes. your mindset on that. And I think that could be really helpful if that's yeah. not something you're doing already. Mm-hmm. You have all yeah. the power, dear listeners. Yes. Okay. More power. Speaking of power, I'm going to read our next question. 
So another listener asks us, you are both studying slash intending to enter male-dominated domains. Have you ever felt that being a fe- being females has ever affected you in your studies or your career aspirations? Do you feel that we're doing enough to encourage women to enter into these domains? How do you think we could slash should be encouraging gender diversity in college courses and the workplace? There's a lot there, but it's an incredible question. Um... Sweetha, why don't you take it away? Because you're like in a workplace setting, I feel like in a much more, I don't know, traditional sense of the term. I feel like you have a lot to say about that. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate this question because honestly, if anything, I don't think I've ever experienced direct workplace sexism. And that might be because I've always worked in places with very, very strong female role models to look up to or very strong female managers. So that's mm-hmm. been something I've been fortunate to have. The idea of me being a woman affecting my studies and career aspirations is actually more of a family thing. So this is not trying a generalization about my entire extended family or about the culture or anything. This is more so my personal experiences. So I'm not trying to go further than that. But growing up, My family encouraged me to go into a field where I could have a stable nine to five job so that I would have time to take care of my husband and my kids. These are direct. That's like a direct quote from my parents. Um, And so obviously it's an inherently sexist notion from my point of view, um, Mm -hmm. because the way that I look at it is that a woman shouldn't have to change her career to fit her family. It should be a joint effort between the woman and her spouse or partner. Yes. Um, And my entire life, I was really interested in going into business or law um, up until college, really. But I was told so many times that I wouldn't succeed in either of those fields because women weren't respected enough to do so or because I'd get treated differently as a woman because I'd have to work three times as hard just to make it to a bare minimum. Um, And so Hmm. I could have taken that in a few different ways. One could have been to listen and to say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's no point. But instead, I was a very um, rebellious kid in this aspect, simply in my own head, not really in actions. I was pretty lame. But I really resented all of those ideas so much that it really just fueled me to try even harder. So in high school, I joined the debate team. I joined mock trial. I built up my public speaking skills so that that could never be a barrier for me. And I kept working towards what I was passionate about. I got into college and I continued to work towards that. And it started off as wanting to prove my family wrong in addition to wanting to pursue what I actually cared about. Um, And now that drive has really just fostered into something more personal. Like I want to be successful and I want to care about what I'm doing with my time. And I want to care about what I'm spending every day doing. Um, And so now that I'm very set on going into healthcare, which is obviously a big shift, um, but that was just more so because of the classes I ended up taking in college and uh, my passion for wanting to really improve patient care. Um, and I'm considering pursuing health tech. I'm considering pursuing more so healthcare management. And it definitely feels a bit daunting, but I can honestly say that I don't think it's because of my gender. Um, the only issue that I'm considering is if I want to go into health tech, I don't have an engineering background and I'm a female. So if you, like women obviously have less representation in tech than males. Um, That's true. And so... Yes not having an engineering background and being a female could put me at a disadvantage, which is definitely something I'm considering. Um, 
But I genuinely believe that the fear of experiencing sexism or prejudice should never stop you from at least trying. Because even if an entire industry might seem problematic, you will find at least one company, one person who's going to vouch for you. Especially because I think every single day we keep seeing more and more super strong, powerful women entering different fields and making a name for themselves. And those are the kinds of people that we should always be looking up to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think especially like Sudithi, right? Like for medicine, like I think that's something you definitely will have like strong female mentorship opportunities. And that's so, so important, right? Yeah. I think you are making, you're reminding me of a... um, so I, for context, I study bioengineering, but I'm hoping to pursue a career in medicine. Um, I just, what you were saying, Suitha, reminded me of a guest speaker who came into one of my classes um, this past semester pre-corona. Um, she mm-hmm. was a maternal fetal medicine specialist. I'm like trying to jog my memory. She works at um, the hospital attached to our university and she just came in basically to give a guest lecture. This was a class where various physicians were coming in and talking to us about the intersection between bioengineering and clinical medicine. Um, And I don't need to like get very deep into like what she talked about, but I think it was like seeing a really strong female role model, um, not only like in the profession that I was interested in and like in like this these like in like a very niche part of this profession that I'm interested in um being very like confident and assertive in her choices but this was a woman who um she came in and she actually brought her one-year-old daughter with her which I think took some people by surprise but she went on to talk about you know what her career has looked like being a single mother she is um a woman of color she's an immigrant um her she's a first generation immigrant from egypt and yeah now she's a single mom and she works full-time as an attending physician at this hospital and i think i was so impressed by her um because not only is she like was she or is she um incredibly strong and uh well incredibly intelligent really and like um capable but uh also just as like strong and independent and clearly deaf is like the kind of person who has a super thick skin i am can you imagine like she's a woman who has to take her daughter to you know different professional settings with her like this guest lecture um in her class even though that was kind of a more casual thing but she had to bring her daughter because she's a single mom she didn't have someone to take care of her kid Mm -hmm. um and imagine like the thick skin that you must have to know like yeah some people are probably going to judge me for this and like that's okay I don't care um and the messaging that really made an impression on me as a young person who's trying to enter this field seeing someone who not only seeing a woman who practice who not only practices like strength and independence of thought in her work but that also does the very same thing in her personal life had a huge impression on me I um never got the chance I was hoping to like maybe like meet this woman personally and like you know uh, get to know her I never got to but I think this uh experience really like is uh integrated into like the answer to this question which is that like the role models that 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 young people are exposed to really have much greater of an effect than I think people appreciate um and with that like the messaging that you send to young women um about the different types of people that they can be right like they don't like if you are a young woman and you want to be a professional in xyz career there doesn't need to you don't need to fit this like one stock stereotype of what like a Mm -hmm. a doctor or a lawyer or a you know we're talking about really generic you know like traditional professions right now whatever that may be um 
exposing continuously exposing young people to a diverse range of role models I think is huge in showing them like you can be so many things like the like it sounds corny but like the world really is your oyster here are all the things that are possible um and it doesn't because I think the messaging of like you can do it you are strong like and just saying that kind of in isolation can feel I don't know I feel like it can feel kind of corny but um having something to look up to and like a vision that you can see yourself in is huge um and I think that's also tied into the idea of allyship um between Mm -hmm. women I found that really to be true um being in like an engineering major that's also very much a male-dominated space um engineering and um while like Suita I don't think I've really felt um the impacts of that gender dynamic personally I've been just been very fortunate by the you know by who I am surrounded by in the classroom um I think what I what has given me a lot of strength and confidence um is having a really strong group of female allies um in you know in my classes um having people to work on projects with things like that um I think those kinds of like smaller support settings um have really helped me to develop my confidence, um, especially like in the classroom when it can feel kind of intimidating to, you know, speak up, have the wrong answer. Um, those two things, I think role models and like allyship from my classmates has been very, very big for me. Yeah, I think along those lines, something I wanted to say is that the way that we talk about other women is so important, right? Yes. Like there are these women that we admire, but we have to be careful that that admiration doesn't turn into jealousy. And the way that uh, we women talk about ourselves and talk about the other women around us, that sets a standard for how anyone else is allowed to talk about us. Mm. And so that allyship is so, so important. Like, yes, go out, find strong female mentors that will encourage you and teach you and push you forward. But don't forget about the people who are still at your level who also need that encouragement. Um, And the more that we stick together, the more that women will start to actually start to see equality in the workplace. Um, So it all really starts at that individual level, I I think, at least. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to read? I'm really happy with that question. I thought that was great. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to jump the gun there. That was really a great question. No, no, no. (laughs) Totally fine. So do you want to read the last one? Yes. So this is a little bit of a fun one. Um, (laughs) and nice and simple how do you learn how to do skincare so this is another one where given our backgrounds I think Sadithi should definitely explain her skincare routine um and I'll try really hard not to laugh again (laughs) that's gonna be a lot of this podcast is like me going on tangents and Sadithi trying not to laugh at me um (laughs) I love this question because this was a very real question that I had a couple years ago where do you start so um I will explain in quickly what I did and then I will explain that you probably should do some of what I did but also probably shouldn't and I'll recommend an alternative. Okay. I am the kind of person where I need to do a ton of research before I make a decision, before I make a purchase. So I started watching beauty YouTube videos like it was kind of in that thing, that kind of YouTube space for like a couple of years I think I started watching when I was like 12 or 13 but I never really got serious about taking care of my skin until I was about 18 19 years old but I was very intimidated I saw these women um who were just using like 
a ton of different products I just kept applying like thing after thing on their face and then I would go and google them and they'd be really expensive and then one was doing things in a different order and the one the one woman liked one thing and then the other one was like no that's terrible so I decided to just like do as much research as I could and figure it out for myself so I did what I know how to do best which is make a spreadsheet so (laughs) what I did first was that I like scoured beauty YouTube for quite a while and first just tried to figure out the order in which I wanted to do things so by that I mean like yes that's my biggest question when it comes to skincare and the reason that I refuse to do all this research because I find Mm -hmm. it so overwhelming so like I guess, could you actually explain how you went about to figuring out what that order is? Because Absolutely. specifically now I'm seeing so many skincare TikToks and YouTube videos, I guess, when I yeah. do try to look it up. And every time it's something different, every time someone's using like 17 different products versus seven different products, and it's super confusing. Yes. So I think okay. that'd be really helpful if you could go into yes. that. Totally. Okay. I knew there's some vocabulary that I knew. Let's, let me clarify something. I'm talking, we're right now talking about the skin on our face and how we take care of it in the morning and the evening. I, when I was doing this whole thing, I also included stuff about like how to take care of the skin on my body, but that's like, I think a whole other thing. Anyway, for this, I had learned that there were certain things, just like products that people used. I'd heard the term serum. I'd heard moisturizer I'd heard SPF I'd heard facial oil I'd heard eye cream generally those are the things that I'd heard that people used um and so after watching these people for a couple of years I kind of just realized like I kind of just decided for myself like whose advice do I take seriously and and who do I think is more qualified I will say with a huge grain of salt that most of these people on beauty YouTube are not like qualified estheticians or qualified dermatologists so you listener and every anyone really who's listening to this and is like you know considering this advice like take these people's advice on beauty youtube with a grain of salt until they are unless they are a qualified esthetician if you're looking for that expert advice this was the recommendation i was going to make um look get this book called it's just called skincare by caroline hirons um so I think that instead of getting intimidated by the, you know, the just like the 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 ocean that is beauty YouTube, start with this mm-hmm. book. I this book is um exactly what it sounds like. It's just an encyclopedia about skincare. Caroline Hirons is she is in fact a qualified esthetician. She's been working in the field for like 35 years. She's worked with hundreds of brands and um basically and has what I think is so funny about her is that she has like very (laughs) strong opinions about what's good and not good in skincare and um I love that because I think it's I trust her advice and I know I it's like pretty black and white and so it makes it a lot less confusing and is this the book that told you that Cetaphil is like evil yeah so 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 like Kind of, yes. She said, so Caroline Hirons was recently on a podcast that we both like called Forever 35. Um, she okay. was interviewed. And in that podcast, she said, well, I don't like Cetaphil, Cetaphil facial cleanser. It's just like a bunch of basically like soaps and gels, but it doesn't really like actually do anything for your skin. You're basically just applying a layer of like oil, like jelly stuff, and then you rub it off. Whereas CeraVe, um, we'll link all this in the show notes, is apparently much better. Um, so... If you are getting overwhelmed, I'm like on three trains of thoughts right now. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't have the time 
uh, for beauty YouTube, totally fine. Get this book. It's $12.99. I did purchase it on Amazon because I wanted to buy it. Yeah. I wanted to get it for my iPad just because I am like basically paper free. I don't really have any paper books or anything like that. Um, I got it right away and I've been, it's great. It like, it just has all the information you could possibly need. And what, so what I did, let me just quickly go back to what I did. I first figure out the steps of the steps in which I wanted to do things. Um, and once I had figured that out, I then went through, I went back and I scoured not only YouTube, but all these articles from like L, Allure, Refinery29 about like, what are good products in this category? So like, what's a good serum, serum for dry skin, blah, blah, blah. And then I would research and I'd do this like kind of weird cost benefit analysis in my head of like, is this good? Is this cheap? Like, you know, how does the good and the cheap balance itself? And then I would pick something. And when I did that the first time around, I just like committed to a series of things. And then as this, this was like three or four years ago, since then, I've just kind of like rotated the products as time has passed. For example, right now, like in the past like couple of months, I would say I'm really making an effort to transition the products I use to be um, as much as possible non-toxic and environmentally conscious, like from those brands. Mm-hmm. Um, a brand that I really like that I've discovered um, is called Coco Kind. I recently bought a facial cleanser and a, a toner from them. So that's something that I'm trying to do. I'm also trying to um, make sure that I, as much as possible, support brands owned by black indigenous people of color um those are just personal things that i'm trying to do but it is all a part of this like i rotate through different products um but there are some that i've been using for three or four years the keels uh midnight recovery facial oil i use that every single night i since i bought it there's been few days when i don't put that on my face at night it is yeah that stuff is magic and i have yet to find a good replacement for it but with everything else i tend to rotate um that was a lot of information. Wow. I will. I okay. Let's break this down. I will link to the book. I will link to. Um, I will make my spreadsheet nice, and I will put it on our show notes also, in case people are interested in what I have to do. But take what I have to say with a grain of salt, and I can link to the products I mentioned um, from Coco oh Kind God. and from some of these other brands that I've been loving recently. That was so much, but that skincare is complicated. Skincare is complicated. I will definitely check out this book because now I'm genuinely curious. I think my biggest barrier with skincare has just been not knowing who to listen to because sometimes I'll read an article that is so excited about one product and then I'll read another article saying, actually, this is horrible for you and I get confused. So on a very opposite note for anyone who's (laughs) intimidated by all of that, just like I am, I have never really gotten into skincare. In high school, I got really into makeup, which I think actually really damaged my skin So I've stopped wearing makeup pretty much completely besides a special event here and there. Um, I'll do the occasional eyebrows and mascara or whatever. But one step I took to improve my skin was just to really cut makeup out as much as possible. Um, So now I'm in more of a healing phase as opposed to a like daily routine kind of thing. Uh, But since I've been home, I've actually been learning a lot about like Ayurvedic skincare and like South Asian historical stuff. So I think all of us know that turmeric has become such a popular ingredient in cooking, like in a lot of different cultures, a lot of different countries, but it's also really, really healthy for the skin. So one 
face mask kind of thing I've actually started using every single morning in the shower is just a mixture of turmeric and gram flour. In Hindi, I think it's haldi and besan flour. Besan, It's yeah. called something else in the language that I speak, so I'm not chickpea good with the pronunciations. Flour. Gram flour is chickpea flour. Oh, okay. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but since it's like a small mixture, I can try to figure out measurements and link that as well if anyone's curious. I also have a few different variations of these turmeric-based and gram flour-based face masks that I make. Um, that I think really help give me a nice glow and reduce the redness on my face. Um, but I basically just make sure that I actually moisturize and wash my face twice a day. Yes. Um, and for yes. me, that's a big step given that I used to not do anything. So mm-hmm. start small, people, and then yes. work up to the spreadsheet, read the books, yes. but start small, start simple, yes. um, hydrate. Hydrating is so important for sleep hydrate, too. Yes. It all comes back together. Yes. I will say one final thing. Like I, I, I feel bad that I just gave like 10 minutes of complicated skincare advice. Um, if but you're at helpful. that point, yeah, if you're at that point, feel free to take my advice. But one thing that came straight from Caroline Hiron's mouth in this podcast, which I have, you know, not that it's, I need to, you know, give my stamp of approval, but it just resonated with me. She said, if you're going to do anything for your skin, just do two things. Wash your face morning and night and wear SPF. And the SPF thing in particular is huge. I think that one really gets neglected. Um, Wear SPF every day. It doesn't really matter what the weather is like. It doesn't matter if you're going inside or outside in quarantine. Like you're like, why am I wearing SPF? Like I'm barely going outside. Do it. There is light that comes in through your windows. You need to wear SPF. I Um, still don't believe that idea of needing to wear SPF inside. But 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 now that you're saying an expert said it, I guess I'll believe it. There's light that comes. And maybe I'll consider it. Are we gonna debate? It's like (laughs) I'm sure that it's filtered in some way. I just don't trust that. I don't think our windows have UV filters. I don't think that that's how it works. (laughs) But you know what? I will. I'll read the book and then I'll believe it. But I trust you. I trust your word of approval. So maybe I'll start doing this and start remembering to do that. I will also link to this podcast episode in which she said these words. If people want to corroborate what I am saying, Um, wear SPF. I will. last final thing is I mentioned that I'm trying to um, buy skincare products from brands owned by black indigenous people of color Mm -hmm. so one product I bought recently was called black girl sunscreen Um, it's exactly what it sounds like it's sunscreen intended for women of color so it doesn't leave a white cast it's great I love it Um, I recommend it to everyone yeah I never thought about that Um, that's such a good point like the white cast Yeah. yeah I just always thought that was the standard and I never thought that crazy. you could change that. That's amazing. Right? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Well, okay. Who would have thought? I'm thunk? really excited about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I think um, with that. That's all of that our con- questions. Yeah. That concludes our second episode. Thank you for being here. Um, we really appreciate you uh, listening to this episode. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before we call it? Um, just to keep submitting your questions. We absolutely love reading them and, of course, discussing them. Um, yes. Just keep keep them coming. We're always excited about it. Yes. Thanks so much for Thanks. listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod and submit your questions on our website at silentlotuspod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode. Thanks, and see you next week.